online. Good to see you. Hey everyone, Pastor Wayne Hansen here from Summit Church of Douglas County. Summit Church meeting here in Sedalia in a beautiful um, little country chapel. I want to show you the pictures of what this place looks like. And it's not too late to get down here and join us this morning. You might miss some of the, uh, some of the worship, but we're going to be studying the Gospel of Mark chapter 6 through 10. Check out this beautiful chapel. It's, it's right here at the corner of Highway 105 and Keep Drive in Sedalia, and the zip code is 80135. And we would love to see you. Um, these are the preview services. So this building has sat empty for a few years, but we have come in already this morning with a few friends. We're starting to dust it off and make it our own. And I've got my, my everything streaming here today. I got my pulpit, I got my Bible, I got my guitar, I got everything we need. And we've got people where two or three are gathered in his name. He's right there with us. So make sure to comment, like, share, follow, subscribe. Let people know that church is about to get started. Or hey, hop in the car. Come on down. If you're sick, of course, stay home. Um, we have masks here if you need a mask. If you can't maintain social distance, we ask that you wear a mask. Just like if you go to a restaurant, um, you can sit down and take your mask off. You can sit here and worship with us, and it's going to be an awesome time. So join us right here at Summit Church of Douglas County in just a few minutes. I'm going to give you five, minute, five minutes extra as we wait for a few other folks here to show up. But one more time, I want to just encourage you, share this link with a friend. My name is Pastor Wayne Hansen, and I am on all kinds of different social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube, Periscope, Twitter. I have a Twitch channel. I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Instagram. So share, share, share this with somebody. Tell them that uh, you're, you're excited to see this church that's uh, brand new in Sedalia. And we would love to have you come join us. And all you old timers, all you regular Summit Church people from Castle Rock, we look forward to seeing you as well. But I'm going to start the five minute countdown and we will begin worship in five minutes. So grab a coffee, a coffee, grab a pen, grab a Bible, grab a friend and join us here in five minutes as we get started.
Well, good morning, Summit Church. Good morning, Summit Church online over there on all my social media places. And uh, maybe one of you can be my online pastor. One of you, one of you have a cell phone. You can moderate whatever comments. I know Neil is watching in Wyoming. I think I have several cousins that are watching. I'm pretty sure Kim is going to be watching today. So greet. Greet them online. If you have a prayer request, will you please let us know and we'll be praying for you for sure. God is good. We're in this building. So this is going to be sort of an unofficial dedication service today. I've got some anointing oil. I want to anoint all the, all the windows and doors and every pew, every place where people are going to be worshiping in this room and invite the Holy Spirit to meet with us as we meet in this room that has set empty of worshipers on Sunday mornings for a few years, at least. And we are so, so thankful. In fact, I was going to pray after the first song, but how about we pray right now and just give thanks. Father in heaven, we love you so very much. And God, I think about 14 years, Lord, that it's been since launching Summit Church down in the old hardware store in Castle Rock and then moving over to Castleview High School and then <laughs> having COVID hit and meeting in the park and just online in my studio. And Lord, it's just been, it's been quite an ordeal, but you've been with us the whole time and you are still with us. And Lord, I, I pray that you would bless our worship here in this room today. And as we, as we pray, I pray that your spirit would descend upon us and Lord, give us dreams and visions and give us a quickening in our hearts of what you want this church to be. Help us as we study your word, Lord, in the gospel of, of Mark, uh, chapters 6 through 10. And hear, hear our praise and our worship as we lift our voices to you now. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. 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 All right. Some of you know this song, some of you don't. If you're a part of our Summit regular crew, you've heard it. But it's pretty simple. Why don't you stand with me and sing it? I will sing. Joyful noise unto the Lord. 
together. I'm going to say make a joyful noise, make a joyful noise, and then you make whatever noise you want. You can make a tractor noise. You can make a tambourine noise. You can make a cow mooing. Whatever you want to do. Ready? Sing it out. Make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. All right. Make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. Come on, make some noise. Yeah. Make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, unto the Lord. Lift your hands and raise your voice. Come on, raise your voice. He has truly given everything. From this moment, from this moment, I will sing. Make a joyful noise, make a joyful noise. song I've done it in my studio and I don't hear any joyful noise it's just me and my guitar so nice to have people people singing and worshiping with me oh that's me streaming I got gotcha. you and we can turn the volume down a little bit I sound awesome but yeah okay awesome well Lord hear our prayers and our worship as they rise up to you today God we are so grateful for a roof over our head. It seems like a simple thing, but it's really big. It's really big, Lord. And it's like David said in the Psalms, come and go with me to my father's house. He's saying, come, let's go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. And Lord, this is God's house. It's been a God's house ever since it was built. And it's made for this purpose, to worship to proclaim the word of God, to make disciples, and to teach n new generations about the principles and the truths of your word. So bless everything we say and we do in this next hour or so, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, so we're a, we're, we're a Bible-loving, presence of Jesus, <laughs> Holy Spirit kind of church, and we're going to be studying the Gospel of Mark, and I've titled my talk today, The Jesus Agenda. You know, there's the, the, world, the world has an agenda, you know, the media has an agenda, the Democrats have an agenda, the Republicans have an agenda, <laughs> right? Even, even churches have an agenda, <laughs> right? There are all kinds of peoples and groups that have an agenda, but there's one agenda that really, really matters, and it's God's agenda. It's Jesus, the Jesus agenda. Amen. And if our agenda can be, begin to line up with Jesus' agenda... What is that agenda? Jesus, he said, bottom line, what is it all about? Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets can be summed up in that one thing of loving God and loving people. Amen? Amen? Yeah. 
And if we do that, every other agenda, it's going to be okay. It's going to fall under the Jesus agenda. So I'm so excited. I'm so excited to teach that today. It's been a while. It's always been by text these last uh, few, several weeks with you guys. Any any worship song that we haven't sung in a while that you're like, oh man, I miss one, this particular song. It's Total Request Live today. It's TRL. TRL at Summit Church today. What's that? Great Are You, Lord? Yes. Uh, no, that's the other one. It's a... Uh, Life, you give hope, you bring light to the darkness, you restore, you restore every heart that is broken. Are you All the earth. 
Sundays that we'll have in this room, the many people that will come and hear the good news, the gospel. God, I pray for these next eight weeks that this church would grow and grow and grow and grow. That Easter, I see this room packed, standing room only. God, I thank you that not only can you do it, I, th I believe you are going to do it. And Father, I, I thank you that you, <laughs> you're just tired of your church losing. <laughs> you want to see the kingdom prevail. Jesus, you're the one who said, it's on this rock, I'll build my church. That rock of the belief that he's the Messiah, the Son of God. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The church of the living God. We praise you, God, that this building was set aside for us. We love you. We love you. We love you, God. You know, I, I, some of you don't know much about my background. Some of you do. Some of you maybe are watching for the first time. You know, I, I was a preacher's kid, grew up in Detroit, Michigan, and Wisconsin, various places, raised around musicians, became a professional musician and a producer in Nashville, then became a, a youth pastor and Lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin for a few years and then out to Grand Junction for almost 10 and then came out here. My wife and I are part of a, a family-owned business down in Colorado Springs and we planted Summit Church. And we've had our ups and downs, <laughs> but this is an up one. Today's an up day where we get to meet in person. And I believe this, uh, this is a sign, it's a harbinger it's a, of things to come, of good things that are coming, that are on the way. And um, God is not slack in keeping his promises. He's good. Jeremiah said about him that, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's not only true for me in this church. That's true for America. That's true for Colorado. It's true for Douglas County. Amen, somebody? Amen. He ain't done with us yet. Yeah. He's just getting started. Right. 
The promises are still true. All of His promises are true. He said, Seek me while I can still be found. Call on me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things. Things you couldn't have even hoped for or imagined. Amen? Now, I, I got to be honest. My hope got a little dim for there for a little while there. When my little church was just a mailbox at the UPS store and it was just a little 10 by 10 square foot studio in my house. <laughs> I thought, well, maybe nobody wants to be at church anymore. I knew that wasn't true. And God's not done with us. He's not done with His church. He's still moving on people's hearts and lives. He's not done with me. God doesn't make junk. And He doesn't throw people away. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so I say all that to say this. I was, I've been a part of some pretty serious moves of God down through the years. When I was in Nashville, I used to play with a, a guy named Lyndall Cooley, who was a fantastic organist. I always said he was like the Eddie Van Halen of the B3 organ. You know, he's like, Whoa, just crazy, crazy good on the B3. And he, he went and became the music minister at the Brownsville Revival in, in Pensacola, Florida. And... Uh, we moved from Nashville to Green Bay, and he moved from Nashville to Pensacola. And, and we were coming down to Florida because my father-in-law had just moved to Gulf Breeze, right across the sound from, from Pensacola. And we went to have lunch with my friend Lyndall because I used to play you know, in sessions with him and used to lead worship and that kind of stuff with him. And, and uh, he said, something happened to me. He sat us down in this little Irish pub and Pensacola and he said, Wayne, Kim, I gotta tell you, something happened to me. I said, what happened? And this is like two weeks into the Brownsville Revival. And if you don't know anything about that, just Google it. Millions of people came through that church in a matter of a few uh, years. They had meetings every single night, packed out services every single night. Healings, miracles, signs and wonders, missionaries sent around the world. Amazing. And three weeks into this revival, he said, you know, Wayne, Kim, I think I got saved. <laughs> I'm like, what? You were a Christian? He goes, no, no, I, I had it up here. But I didn't have it down here. <laughs> See, he grew up in a preacher's home. He'd been around church culture. He knew all about the mechanics of how it was all supposed to work. But the spirit wasn't inside. And as he, as he wept over that little bistro table in that Irish pub, as we sat over lunch, he said, I wrote a song. I'm going to sing it for the first time tonight. And this is the song he, he wrote. We sat on the platform as he sang it. I need you more More than yesterday I need you more More than words can say I need you more than ever before, I need you, Lord. I need you more. I need you more. More than yesterday, I need you more. More than words can say. More than words can say, I need you more than ever before. Than ever. I need you more. 
than ever before. I need you, Lord. I need you more. Right here in your presence is where I belong. This old broken heart has finally found a home. And I'll never be I need you more, more than yesterday. I need you more, more than words can say. More than words can say. I need you more than ever before. I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. Let's try it from the top. I need you more. Tim's going to do the one-year one year Bible reading. What I loved about this building, not only is that the stained glass window where Bruce and Sally got married right here on this altar. They got pictures back there of uh, their wedding. How many years ago? 34 years ago. That's pretty awesome. And here you are now relaunching your very own home church family in the very spot where you got married. That's got to be something that the Holy Spirit's doing, right? It's awesome. It's the very first day of uh, church at Blizzard. Right. What's it doing now? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's cold and snowy, right? Yeah. That shows my Yeah, well, God, God made this Viking a pastor. That's what happened. So that's his, that's his little kiss of blessing on my Scandinavian background, probably. Yeah. Um, I, what I was going to say is I love about this location is being able to look out over there at Devil's Head Bluff. And um, there's a friend of mine who wrote who wrote a song. I'm dancing on the head of the devil, and his name is Steve Munns. And Pastor Steve, if you're watching or listening from Louisiana, you're going to come preach here. I, I guarantee it. Now you're going to sing that song in this church because I think that'd be a great a great proclamation. You know that 
that nothing can stand against us. And uh, there's nothing evil about that bluff. It's just lo it looks kind of spiky, kind of like demonic from a distance. But uh, it's, it's God's creation, and we learn so much by looking at nature. Well, Tim, why don't you come and read us the passage from the one-year Bible today? You look like you're all locked and loaded. You're ready to go. You betcha. Good morning, Summit Church. Good morning, y'all. Happy birthday yesterday. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Isn't this quite the blessing to have a, a roof and walls and, and seats and everything? It's so nice. But you know, uh, the Bible says where a lot is given, a lot is expected. And this verse today, uh, I think it's putting it right out there, what he's expecting from us. So pay attention. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all of the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Amen, and Amen. praise God. Amen. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Tim. Well, let's sing that Mountains Are Still Being Moved song as I stare out there at the devil's head. Yes, mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loose. God, we believe. God, we believe, yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. Bodies are still being raised. Bodies are still being raised. Giants. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe, yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do.
church and for those who are watching online you need a miracle you need healing in your body my wife Kim I'm sure who's watching right now she she fell as she was getting into an uber in San Antonio landed on her face and, and had a bad bruise on her on her forehead and skinned up her hand and then I think she cracked her kneecap because it's swollen really bad and she can't bend it so we're going to pray healing prayers over her. Some of you knew I've been praying for some, a couple of my cousins back east. Um, uh, Jed Hansen has recovered, and he's doing well. And uh, looks like he's going to be cancer-free. The sad news is my, um, my cousin, Justin McPherson, went to be with Jesus two days ago. And, uh, and that was a tough one. And so I pray for his parents, Matt and Sherry McPherson, the rest of the family. And uh, those of you who are watching online, we proclaim the blood of Jesus is sufficient for healing in your situation, everything that you're going for, going through. Whether it's a mental anguish, pain, stress, or anxiety, you are healed in the name of Jesus. Claim that healing and believe God for it. And we agree with you in faith that God is healing you. And Father, for this pulpit, as I anointed with oil here today, representing the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray that every word that's spoken in this room would be inspired by your spirit and, and come straight from this book. And that the people who come to hear uh, and to sing and to be a part of what happens in this ministry in the days ahead, Father, that we would sense a quickening of your Holy Spirit. 
and, and later as we'll anoint the doors and windows of this, this house, this house of worship, I pray that it be a continuance of anointing that has rested on this place and that there be many, many more years to come of, of gospel preaching and worship in this room in the days to come. We love you, God. We give you praise. We thank you that you're a healer. We thank you that you're a deliverer. For those who have a, a financial situation that seems impossible, thank you that you are a perfect provider. God, we thank you that there's nothing that's impossible for those who believe. That, Father, you promised to open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing so great we couldn't take it in if we'll just do the little things, if we'll just be faithful in small things. So, Father, help us to trust you with our time, talent, and treasure. Be with us in the rest of, of our study here today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, man, whew, time got away from me. I am, I am late getting to the word, but is that okay, everybody? Grab your Bible. If you have your Bible on a phone. No, that's worship. Let's, let's shorten worship. Oh, not. <laughs> right? Hopefully everyone can hear me well. Again, are you navigating comments there for us, Sally? Let us know how the audio is on the feed, if you can hear well, if we need to. This is a whole new situation with the microphone. So if I need to turn up or turn down or whatever's going on with you guys online, we certainly want to take care of you. We don't want to ignore you. Um, um, so anyway, let's look at Mark chapter 6. The Jesus agenda. The Jesus agenda. Isn't this exciting? Well, we've been studying the Gospels. We're, the goal is to go through the entire New Testament in a year. So we're doing five chapters per Sunday. I'm kind of giving you the, like, the carpet bombing <laughs> of the New Testament. It's not the 30,000-foot view, and yet it's not the 2-foot uh, view. This is, this is sort of the 100-foot view where we're just skimming over the chapters and I'm giving you highlights of what happens in each chapter, trying to pull the biblical or spiritual truth from each chapter that you can apply to your Christian life. And then we, we try to get through five chapters a week, which will get us through the entire New Testament from Matthew chapter 1 to Revelation 21 or 22 uh, by, the end of, by the end of December. And we're, we're, we're on pace, so that's good. Um, but if we, have to, if we have to pause our study and it takes a year and a half, that's fine. But I, I prefer uh, to try to give each, each year a theme and sort of a strategy for teaching. And so that's what I felt the Lord gave me when I was praying about 2021. Um, I did feel like the Lord gave me this, this uh, theme for our year. And it's going to be perfect for filling this room. It's God's love to everyone in 2021. God's love to everyone in 2021. How many know if we're, if we're just a loving church and we, we don't care about who you are, what you look like, what your political affiliation, what, what your background, we just give, give God's love to everyone in 2021. You, you won't be able to keep people away from this place. Uh, we'll probably have to go to two services, right? Uh, great things will happen. But if we're not loving... If we stay religious, we're judgmental, we want our own way, and we're selfish, well, it's probably not going to happen. So let's be a loving church. That's the Jesus agenda. Like if you, if you wanted to narrow it down, I already kind of talked about it already. It's love God and love people. But we're looking at chapter 6. And so Jesus goes to his hometown of Nazareth, and he's rejected. They're like, isn't this the carpenter's son? <laughs> we know who you are. So who gave this guy all this authority to teach? 
He begins teaching the synagogues, and there are many who heard and, and were astonished, but many did not believe, because they're like, we know you. You grew up around here. Who do you think you are? And oftentimes it's hard to minister amongst your own family or amongst people who are extra familiar with you because they'd be like, I changed your diapers. What are you talking about? Yeah. Right? And yet the anointing uh, has, is really not an ex, a, a respecter of persons. You don't necessarily, it's not about the person, but it's, but it's God in that person. And God is using a person, maybe who you would you'd be surprised that God would use. But you shouldn't reject the message just because you don't like the messenger. Right? And that's a, that's a good lesson for this. But my application point for Mark chapter 6 is this. The Jesus agenda. His agenda was to teach and preach, to heal, to provide for, and to comfort people. To teach and preach, to heal, to provide for, and to comfort people. Well, as he goes out from Nazareth, he begins to select the 12 apostles. And of course, he kind of selected his apostles from his neighborhood, from where he lived. Galilee, right? Nazareth is just a little village. I've been to it. It's, you know, they got a little pizza place just a few blocks away from Galilee. You know, you can, you can walk there from, from Nazareth. You can get to Galilee from there. There's speculation that the Jesus boat has actually been uncovered, that, that many of the boats around Galilee, uh, Joseph, the father of Jesus, was probably a carpenter that did repair on the fishing boats and that the way Jesus probably met some of those guys was he and his dad were fishing were re-repairing fishing boats and so he's he starts selecting these kind of rough around the edges fishermen types <laughs> you know in Galilee and these people that were like not necessarily what you would, would who most people would select but they're who Jesus wanted and so he goes out and he's he sends out the 12 apostles and here's what it says in Mark chapter 6, uh, verse 6. It says, Then Jesus went out from the village uh, teaching, and he called his twelve disciples together and sent them out two by two with the authority to cast out evil spirits. And he told them to take nothing with them except a, a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. He told them to wear sandals, but not to take an extra coat. And when you enter a village... Uh, be a guest in only one home, he said. And if a village won't welcome you or listen to you, shake the dust from your feet as you leave. It is a sign that you have abandoned that village uh, to its fate. And so the disciples went out, telling all that they met to turn from their sins. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. Isn't that interesting? I anointed the pulpit here today. I prayed for anointing for those who are, who are and we're going to anoint the, the doors here today. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit. What was this message that they were teaching and preaching? It was a message of turn from your sin. Turn from your sin. God, God has better things for you than the sin that you're, you're wallowing in now. He wants you to live a godly and righteous life. If you love God, then you'll want to live to please him. Turn from your sin. And a lot of people don't like that message. It's not a very popular message. In fact, a lot of people would just rather have the self-help message. Or just tell me I'm a nice person and give me five key tr truths to avoid stress. Like, well, that's a nice sermon, but it's not exactly biblical. Come on now, right? I, I don't really care what Dr. Phil says. I want to know what Dr. Jesus has to say. 
right? And so the Jesus agenda is what I'm after. The federal government has an agenda for your tax dollars. Yeah, thank <laughs> uh, there's every one of, every people, all people have agendas, right? But what we have to realize is that God also has an agenda. <laughs> and what is Jesus' agenda? He's trying to, to teach and preach the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness. It's peace. It's joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. If, you, if, if anyone would come to God, he must first believe that he exists, that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who really seek him, who truly, diligently seek him. So teaching and preaching, that's what the disciples were sent out to do. And then the death of John the Baptist happens in this chapter. And of course, it's very sad for Jesus. His cousin is, is murdered. And um, Herod was always disturbed when he talked with John. But even so, he liked to listen to him. Isn't that interesting? That sometimes people who are far from God, they know there's something wrong. They even know that maybe you have an answer. Like maybe you connected with God and Jesus and faith, but you're like, and it disturbs me that, you know, you, you want, that you think that what I'm doing is a sin because I, I think I'm fine. And it kind of bugs me that you think that, but I really kind of like you. <laughs> That's what happened with Aaron. He's like, I really like this John guy. He says things that really tick me off, but... I like, I like listening to him. <laughs> Can I tell you that's what happens with you when you start living a godly life as a Christian and a believer? People go, ooh. But I like him so much. I like her so much. I just wish, oh. What it is is they don't like their own sin inside of them. They're like, I wish I wasn't, oh. And that's why so many people, when I invite folks to church, and I have for many years, and I've invited people to Christ, obviously, but... I'll go, oh, no, so it's come to church. They go, no, no, I'll get my act cleaned up first, and then I'll come to church. How many of you heard people say that? Like, oh, if I came to church, the roof would fall in. A lot of people are like, are you kidding? You don't take a bath to get cleaned up. You get in the bath, you don't get cleaned up to before you take a bath, right? You get, clean, you get into the bath to get cleaned up. You know, there's no two washings. That's what the bath is for. That's what a church is for. Sinners are welcome. We want as many sinners as we can get. Right? And those of us who are Christians who struggle with sin, guess what? We want to deal with our sin. We want to be discipled. We want to grow. We want to just sit in our dirty diapers and never get changed. Come on, right? How you met any stinky Christians that refuse to, to be changed? Yeah, it's like that toddler going, right? Gross. That's not what God wants. Stop enjoying your sin. Time for change. Time for change. And that's unpopular talk, right? That's not the kind of preaching that Americans want to hear. They want to hear, oh, I'm a good person. God loves me just the way I am. Yes, he does. And he loves you so much that he, he refuses to let you stay the way you are. He wants to see you grow. He wants to change your dirty diapers. He wants you to get the sin out. And help you to become the full, fully empowered, fully spirit-led, fully righteous person that you could be. So you have to be willing to let him bring the change. And so it's a powerful time. There's so much we can say about all that. But the gospel is winsome to sinners. That's the bottom line. 
And then later in this chapter in Mark 6, Jesus feeds the 5,000. A vast crowd is gathered there as he stepped from the boat and he has compassion on them because they're like sheep without a shepherd. And so he taught them many things. There's, it was a hungry group of people. Can I tell you, I think Americans are like that. I think America right now is like a bunch of sheep without a shepherd. They don't have anybody go, hey, this is right, this is wrong. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to do this now. There is a standard, and here's where it is. This is the standard. And I'm not going to cheapen it just so you can reach it. This stays where it belongs, and you grow to a point where you, okay, I accept that standard. I accept it. And again, it's unpopular, but it doesn't matter whether it's popular or not. In fact, that's the reason why God calls uh, Israel his chosen people. He said, they're, they're a stiff-necked people. They're not going to listen to you. But that's exactly why I want them to, to be them, to, to be my people. <laughs> because once they're on it, they won't be dissuaded from the truth. So God, God likes to take, you know, rough-necked kind of people. He likes to take stubborn people and bring them into the kingdom where they can't be dissuaded anymore. Like, I'm convinced. God loves me. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> He's for me. And I'm going to plow ahead and it's, it's going to be, even if nobody goes with me, I'm going to follow Jesus. Amen? Amen. That's powerful. And so I like what happens here when the disciples, he said, so Jesus sees the crowds. He's been teaching them all day. He's afraid to send them home because like, they're going to faint if, on the way home if we don't feed them. We have to feed them. And Andrew said, well, we can't feed them. We don't, we don't have any food or money. Like, how are we going to feed them? He goes, well, how much, how much, how, how much food do we have? <laughs> and here's the principle. Qualify the problem so you can calculate the miracle. He says, well, there's a small boy here who has five loaves and two fish. But what's that <laughs> amongst 5,000 people? And he goes, you know, <laughs> he says, how big is the problem? Okay, so this is the way you know how big the miracle is, Right? And so that's a powerful part of the story. We're going to keep cruising because we've got much more ground to cover. Jesus walks on water. After this, feeding the 5,000, they get in the boat. They go across the lake, try, really trying to get away from the crowds. Because once you fed 5,000 people, like, hey, this Jesus guy, it's free lunch all the time. Let's just follow him. Right? <laughs> like, why not? I don't have to work anymore. This guy's just going to feed me all the time. <laughs> right? And so they get in the boat and sail off. Jesus actually is praying, and he sees that the disciples are in trouble out on the lake. And so he comes out to them walking on the water in the middle of a storm. And I love what he says to them. This is uh, verse 50 in Mark 6. It says, They were all terrified when they saw him, but Jesus spoke to them at once. And he said, It's all right. I am here. Don't be afraid. Can I tell you, that? I think that's what God would say to this culture right now, what America's going through, what the world is going through. If you'll turn to Jesus, you know what he's going to say? It's okay. <laughs> I'm here. Don't be afraid. Like, if you don't get anything else out of the readings today, Jesus says, I'm here. It's okay. <laughs> don't be afraid. You can trust. What did Jesus say? It's a promise. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. 
It might look like he's abandoned us or left us, but he hasn't. He hasn't. Just turn. Just turn to him. Call on him. They were astonished at what they saw, and they didn't understand the application of the miracle of the multiplied loaves, for their hearts were hard and they didn't believe. When they arrived at Gennesaret on the other side of the lake, they anchored the boat and they climbed out, and the people standing there received him at once, and they ran through the whole area and began carrying sick people to him on mats. And wherever he went, in villages and cities and out in the farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and to the streets, and the sick begged him to let him at least touched the fringe of his robe, and all who touched it were healed. Let's get to chapter 7. Chapter 7, agenda number 2, Jesus' agenda. To sanctify, to deliver, and set free. The first agenda was to teach and to preach, right? To, to heal, to provide for, to comfort people. Second agenda, to sanctify. What does it mean to sanctify? Well, um, it means to to make clean. It means to make holy. It, it means to restore it to its to a usable condition. Right? Just like that handle out there with all the with all the uh, the presents from the birds on it that we ended up trying to trying to clean off, right? <laughs> we were trying to sanctify that handle up there, right? There's a lot of little things in this church that we're sanctifying, that we're going to be sanctifying in the weeks to come. We're going to clean it off. We're going to dust it down. We're going to make it useful for, for its purpose, right? That's what God does when he sanctifies us. He cleans us up. He makes us useful for his purpose, and then to deliver us from every stronghold, from every bondage, and to set us free. So Jesus teaches about inner purity. And of course, the Pharisees were all about, you've got to keep this law, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, and it's not my way, and it's like these rules, and our interpretation of the rules. Oh, I know what the law says, it, but this is what it really means. Right? We have a lot of that going on with the Bible today. A lot of quote-unquote Christians today are giving their own interpretations of the Bible and making up their own rules that aren't written in this book. And it's just their interpretation, their twisted interpretation of what the book means. It's not, it's not the case. And what, what is that? That's the spirit of religion. It's the spirit of rulemaking. You know what, I wondered, what I've discovered about rulemaking? It's always made by rulemakers who will make the rules for their own benefit. You ever notice that? You ever get a really, really uh, like judgy uh, elementary school teacher who gave you the rules on the chalkboard? Right? And he's like, no talking in class, blah, 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 and when did this and this and that, and like, see rule number, you know, and when any question, like, see rule number one. Like, they're making all these rules for their own convenience because they want to create their own perfect little. That's what religion does, that's what religious people do. And we have to be so careful about making up rules that aren't in the book and twisting interpretations of the Bible that aren't there. So the Jesus agenda is to sanctify, but it's not through rule keeping. Here's what he says. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they replace God's commands with their own man-made teachings. For you ignore God's specific laws and substitute, substitute them with your own traditions. He said, you have a hardness in your heart. And you're trying to make your way to God in your own fashion. 
What I would say is this, that religion is man's failed attempt at reaching God. But spirituality, true Christianity, is God's successful reach towards mankind. All he asks is that we reach back. He's not going to violate your free will, but he says, I'm reaching. <laughs> will you reach back to me? I'm reaching. Will you reach back? I hope that we will. Then there's the faith of a Gentile woman who she's, you know, she has a demon-possessed uh, little uh, daughter, and, and Jesus says, you know, I'm sent to the Jews, right? I, I, it wouldn't be right for me to take the food from the children and give it to the dogs. She goes, yes, but Master... Even the dogs get to eat the scraps that the kids drop on the floor. She goes, that's a good answer. All right, your daughter's healed. Jesus liked a good answer. He liked a good, clever answer. He also heals a deaf man. What I love about the story of him healing a deaf man in Mark 7, 31, is he pulls the deaf man aside, away from the crowd, into a private place. He doesn't want to embarrass them. He saw that the healings were beginning to become a spectacle. Or maybe the... The, the handicapped or those with disabilities were either being mocked or made fun of or where their dignity was being taken away. And he said, no, no, let's pull you aside. And, and he did the healing in private. Isn't that something? That Jesus cares about your dignity. He cares about protecting um, your value in, in your own eyes and in the eyes of other people. And I, I, it's so valuable that, that he has done that, and he is doing that. He continues to do that for those of us who struggle in public and private ways. He knows how to protect your dignity. And just because you've fallen down doesn't mean you're a failure. Just because you've made a mistake doesn't mean you're a loser. Yeah, it means you had a, you had a bad run. Maybe you lost. But God has a, he's got a plan. You've got to keep trusting him. And maybe it is time to come away. Reflect, renew, come into a private place. Come to a place where he can bring healing and help and restore your, your mind. You know, he's not going to leave you in a secret place forever. He's going to bring you back to where you can be restored into the fullness of what he wants for your life. Amen? Amen. It's good. Well, we're getting, I think we might have to just uh, speed read here in these chapters. I'll give you, I'll give you my quick uh, overviews of each of these. Agenda number item three for chapter eight, Jesus' agenda, to feed, to warn, to model self-sacrifice. To feed, to warn, to model self-sacrifice. He feeds 4,000 people, and then the Pharisees again demand a miraculous sign, and Jesus says, no, I don't, I don't perform on command. And he actually just went away, got it back into the boat and sailed away. He says, I don't I don't, I don't miracles like some kind of parlor trick. I'm not a vaudeville act. You want a sign? Forget it. I'm hopping in the boat. We're leaving. So Jesus is like, this is not a spectacle. This ain't a show. You know, I'm here to bring the kingdom. And yeah, it's going to come with power. It's going to come with authority. It's going to come with healings. And it will be amazing. But it's not something you have to, you don't have to hype it up. And I don't perform on command. And Jesus still doesn't perform on command, by the way. And uh, some people think that he does. Then Jesus says, uh, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. And he shares a little bit. He, he says, uh, he tells them about the loaves again. And they're, they're worried uh, about how they're going to eat or what they're going to do next. And, and Jesus says, don't you remember? Why are you worried? 
Don't you remember the all the food that I can just make? I can just make food appear. Don't God is a provider. God will give you what you need. Stop worrying about all these things. Just stop obsessing. Well, how are we going to make it? Oh no! I don't going to do. Oh Jesus, help us! No, no. Hey, don't you remember five loaves, two fish, four thousand people, five thousand people? God's got this. Don't worry about it. He's a provider. And then Jesus heals a blind man. Then Peter makes his declaration about Jesus. And he says, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And he says, don't tell anybody. Because <laughs> uh, if you tell everybody, this is going to be a problem. And uh, we're going to thwart the plan of what God's trying to do right now in the timing of all the, how this is all supposed to go. And of course, the, the more Jesus told people, don't tell anybody, the more they told everybody. It was like self-defeating. Maybe Jesus knew something that we didn't know. And he predicts his own death. And um, they're starting to argue amongst themselves about who's, who's the greatest amongst themselves. Who's the best disciple? Like, just, I am the most righteous. Or like, who, like if, who's the go-to guy? And here's what Jesus says in, Mar- in talking about self-sacrifice. He says, uh, verse 34, and he called the disciples and the crowds to come over and listen. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, he told them, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll find it. How do you, how do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? In the process, is anything worth more than your soul? If a person is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and selfish, sinful days, I, the Son of Man, will be ashamed of that person when I return in the glory of my Father with the holy angels. Self-sacrifice. It's, it's really important. Chapter 9, Jesus' agenda, point number 4, that we're to welcome the kingdom in power, the fat power fasting and prayer, humility, and childlike innocence. He's saying that the kingdom is not what you think it is. It's not that temple over there in Jerusalem. It's not even a beautiful wooden church like we're meeting in today. The kingdom is not a building. It's not a religious institution. It's you and me. <laughs> it's the spirit of God in the hearts of men and women. Amen. It's, yeah, it's, is it amazing to have a building? Yes. Am I grateful for it? Of course. But it's just a building. This is, this is a tool, just like a hammer. It's a tool for the gospel. It's a tool for fellowship. It's, it gives us a roof over our head so we can worship without snow coming on top of the old dome here, right? And that's, that's powerful. And then something amazing happens in his ministry. He says the kingdom of God will arrive in great power. And then the, tran- the Mount of Transfiguration happens where Moses and Elijah appear with Jesus in the presence of the disciples on top of a mountain. And it, it's a powerful um, story that the disciples attested to that shows us that Jesus had heaven's endorsement and Israel's endorsement. You talk to a Jewish person today, who is the most revered person in Judaism today? Well, it's not Jesus. <laughs> the most revered person in Judaism today is Moses because he gave the law. And the prophets, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, right? They hold Jesus at a distance. 
But some Jews are hoping, holding with an open hand, going, well, maybe, could be, I'm not sure. When I went to Israel, my tour guide said, well, if Jesus comes back, my first question will be this. Is this your first visit to Israel? <laughs> thought that was great. All right, chapter 9, and I'll wrap it, up, uh, wrap it up here. Chapter 10, actually. Chapter 10, Jesus' agenda. Jesus challenges the motives of the heart. Jesus challenges the motives of the heart. So he begins to talk about divorce, self-importance, religion, riches, and spiritual and physical blindness. Talking about the motives of the heart. And what is the Jesus agenda? It's to take hearts of stone and turn them into hearts of flesh. So he has a discussion about divorce and marriage. And of course, this can be a thorny one. But the truth is, Jesus bottom lines it. He says, for this reason, he made them male and female. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined into his wife. And then the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one separate them, for God has joined them together. Marriage is God's design for men and women to put people in families, for children, for societies. Marriage is God's plan. It's the whole purpose why he made them male and female, that they would be joined together and have a family. Anything outside of that is short-circuiting the creation model that God made. And you can argue all you want and politicize it all you want and go, well, that's hate speech and blah, blah. No, no it's not. It's love speech. <laughs> God loves you and he made you a man or he made you a woman. And if it's his will for you, some people it's God's will that you be single. Other people, it's God's will that you would be married and have a family and embrace who God made you in your sexuality. And you know, the, the problem with the, ter- the transgender issue is that it breaks one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not lie to yourself. When you say, I'm a girl inside, but you're really a guy, guess what? You're a guy. (laughs) And you're lying to yourself and to everyone else saying that you're a girl. It's not true. You go, oh, that's so insensitive. I'm sorry, I didn't write it. And I, if someone's lying, the best thing you can do is catch them in a lie and say, that's not true. Right? I know it's going to make me real popular, but that's, that's uh, it's too bad, I guess. Jesus blesses the children. And then the rich man, the story of the rich man uh, coming to Jesus, who's very devout, religious. Jesus says, you want to be perfect, sell all you have, give it to the poor. Then come follow me. And (laughs) obviously, he wasn't ready to receive salvation because he was trusting in his Judaism to save him and his good deeds to save him. He says, it's good that you've obeyed the law. You want to be perfect. So obviously, you want to be a perfect person. You want to be perfect. Give everything you have. Then follow me. He wasn't willing to do that. You know, when Jesus does call us to follow him, he, he calls us to surrender all of us for all of him. It's not like, have you ever heard the song, I Surrender All? I surrender all, I surrender all, all to Jesus. I surrender, I surrender all. A lot of people say, I surrender 10%. I surrender one hour of church on Sunday morning. Some of the time when I feel like it, I study my Bible. 10% I follow God. Right? 
Isn't that how a lot of Christianity works? That's nominal Christianity. It's not real. Jesus says, I don't care about what you think. I don't care about your religion. I don't care about what you've done or what you say you're going to do. Where's your heart? Do you love God? Do you love me? Are you, are you in it? Like, are you really in it? Have you given me your whole life? Do you really love me? And obviously this young man wasn't willing to do it. And a lot of Christians in America, they don't really want to follow God. They want to like, okay, I ascribe to Christianity as like sort of a philosophy. Like, you know, I, I agree with a lot of the teachings of that book, but son of God, ooh, wait a second. But you mean actually change my lifestyle based on what I believe? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not one of those crazy people that actually do what they believe. <laughs> right? And then Jesus again predicts his death. He teaches about serving leadership. And I'll land it here. He says, Jesus called them together and he said, You know that in the world, kings are tyrants and officials lorded over the people beneath them. But among you, it should be quite different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must, must actually be a slave of all. For even I, the Son of Man, came not here to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. And then there's, there's the old story of Blind Bart. You guys know the story of Blind Bart? comes from this Bible chapter right here. You've heard of Black Bart in the Old West. Well, this is Blind Bart who lived in Jericho, but not Jericho, Texas. He actually lived in Jericho, like Jericho, Israel. And Blind Bart was saying, Jesus... Son of David, have mercy on me. He's yelling, yelling, yelling. Like, calm down, quiet down. Bart, you're making too much noise. Like, Jesus, son of David. And finally, okay, what do you want me to do? You, oh, you want your sight. Yo, you want to see. Jesus heals him. He had a desperation. And he actually was so irritating that Jesus said, fine, let's heal this guy. Right? Have you bothered God with your prayers going, oh God, please help me? I think he likes that kind of prayer. I think he's like, oh, oh, you really do want that. Like that, how many parents are like, fine, I'll get you the evil Knievel Snake Canyon jetpack. Like, that was my toy as a kid. Like, like I'll get it. Right? So whatever it is, God, I think, wants to know how bad do you want it? That's a part of where is your heart? Because where your treasure is, your heart, that's where your heart will follow it, right? That where, where you decide, like, God, this is really what I need. This is what I really want. And when he says that God will give you the desires of your heart, I believe that's what it means. That he puts the desires in there, and he'll give you what you desire. Amen. Well, I think probably everyone here is a believer, but I'm not sure. I'm sure there's some folks online. You know that when I posted my video of this building, it went viral, mini viral, like 700 views, which was pretty cool. So I think probably a lot of folks may be watching this feed right now. And you've, you've, you've heard what I said about the gospel and about the Bible and Jesus. Maybe you never heard any preacher talk like me. <laughs> That's okay. And I tell you what I'm preaching, it's the gospel. It's the good news. It's, I, I didn't put a lot of fluff on it. I just gave it to you straight. Repent of your sins. Believe in Christ. Let him be the Lord of your life and walk and follow after him. Become a disciple. That's the gospel. See, God created all of us to be with him. You're made in the image of God. 
But you're not a child of God until you've been adopted into his family. Our, see, our sins separate us from God. Sins can't be paid for by doing good deeds. Can't be paid for by like, if I could just outweigh the bad things I did, then somehow God will accept me. That's not how it happens. Paying the price for our sin, there's a cross on the wall back here. Jesus died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb and he raised again he went to new life and then he ascended to God. He sits at the right hand of the Father right now making an intercession for you and I. And everyone, anyone who put their trust in Christ can have eternal life and it begins the moment you say yes and it lasts for all eternity. Well, if you want to commit your life to Christ, I wonder if you guys would pray with me out loud for those who might be praying for the first time. Say, Dear Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe God raised you from the dead according to the scriptures. Please come into my heart. Be my savior. Be my Lord. I want to be a disciple. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give a hand to God in his presence and power. In this room. With a roof and heat that's slowly coming on, I believe. Um, so preview services in this room between now and Easter. And we want to grow, grow, grow this place. I have keys to it. So we are going to start polishing things down and cleaning things up. Thanks for helping me get at least our very first out of the gates here this morning. Um, my plan is to be here on Sunday mornings around 9.45 to unlock and maybe I come at 9.30 to turn on the heat so it's a little warmer by the time we get started singing and everything. Um, and I understand Johnny's a drummer, so I got a little drumming maybe, and we'll see. Well, here we got, we have to, if we have gifted uh, musicians and singers, I would love to talk to you about that, some of you online. I've been writing a bunch of gospel choir music lately. Uh, so you can go onto my YouTube channel under the playlist uh, choir songs. You'll hear some of these new original gospel choirs. I would love to see a little choir get started in this room. Wouldn't that be cool? Even if it was like 8, 12 people, I think maybe 15 would be the maximum number of people we could have on that little stage there. But that would be awesome. And um, so, yeah, it's the eight-week countdown. And so as you pray about your involvement with the church, that you, you coming today was just so fantastic for me. I'm glad anybody showed up, honestly, because I really didn't do a whole lot to like, hey, come, because I'm like, we're just, we're just getting started. But I believe that uh, this thing's going to grow. So let's keep all those folks who are, who are uh, injured and sick in your prayers, and let's really become evangelists. I, I want to challenge you, these eight weeks, let's really, no matter how you share the gospel, can I tell you? Don't just let the pastor share the gospel once a week on a Sunday morning. You be a gospel preacher. What I just shared, you could share it. What is the gospel? Right? It's a simple message. Jesus died. He rose again. He loves you. He wants you in his family. Right? What, what was your life like before Jesus? How did you meet Jesus? How is your life different now since you've come to Jesus? Right? Learn to tell your testimony. Some people, we have different tools. I have the, this old thing called the Evangel Cube, which tells the story of evangelism in pictures. It's like a, like a Rubik's Cube, but it's a pictures of... Or maybe you want to do the little colored bracelets. I've done that with you guys before, the little beaded bracelets of the gospel color. You just find a method of sharing the gospel that works for you. 
And I've got some neighbors I'm going to be working on uh, to get here. And get, actually, not just come on Easter, but to be a part of our team. And I want to see, our, I want to see the people that are of this church really a serving church, serving team. And uh, greeting at the door and helping with the kitchen once all that's in place. And just being the church that God has called us to be. So... May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you, lift his countenance upon you, and give you his peace. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. All right, I'm going to play the... Thank you so much for tuning in today to the ministry of Summit Church and the daily outreach of Wayne Hansen. You can support our ministry in many ways. Click the donate button on our Facebook page, Summit Church of Castle Rock. Visit our webpage, mysummitchurch.com, and click the online giving link. Or mail your donation to Summit Church of Castle Rock, 200 South Wilcox Street, Box 243, Castle Rock, Colorado, 80104. Or finally, text your gift to 303-625-9434 and follow the prompts using your smartphone. You can also support us by connecting with our online community. Comment, like, share, follow, and subscribe on our various social media channels. Of course, we appreciate you joining us in daily prayer. I'm Sean Rima, and on behalf of Pastor Wayne and the Summit Church family, take care and have a great week. Remember, God loves you, and he has a wonderful plan for your life.